0: Clay, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but um, where were you on nine eleven? Not to get not to get too too heavy right off the bat here with the season finale of Enterprise, but I guess it's it's kind of thematic and it's a good segue.
1: Oh, honestly, I don't remember. It's not one of those things I that really stick out in your mind is where you were when it happened. <laughs> if you're not no, keeping
0: I'm, a live journal or something, it's hard to remember exactly <laughs> what what day that
1: was. Yeah, no, no I, I was in. I was in, wow, yeah, 20 years this year. Yeah. We're um, recording this, in, obviously, in early 2021. Yeah, let's just, we could just hold it till September and <laughs> really drag <laughs> keep, this season keep out. Keep the Patreon its, open,
0: but just don't yeah. release another Star Trek until the anniversary of September 11th.
1: I was in sociology class, I believe, or yeah, sociology class in high school, and we had those. Uh they, we had the the TVs up in the corner that had like you know they would go on for an hour or something at the beginning of the day. Yeah. And um student did you have student
0: run um news on the TVs in the morning?
1: You know, I don't think that we did. What was the thing that they played it was a channel 1 did you guys? We had chan- do that, we had, we had
0: student news and then it was some sort of weird educational programming that was on as like filler for the rest of homeroom into the morning hour.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think we did student news. I could be misremembering, but uh, um, yeah, we we I was we were in the middle of class, and the teacher in the next room came running in and said, "Turn on the TV. Someone just flew a plane into the trade center." Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then we spent the next like three periods watching TV. And yeah, you got let it. out of school. I'm assuming. No, we didn't. We no. didn't actually. I was kind of surprised by that. Um, I do, <clears throat> oddly enough, I do remember thinking that we were clearly in the middle of a generational event. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know if it's always that clear when that stuff happens. I mean, some 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 things are more clear than others, but but that was one that I was just like, as I was watching, and I was like, this is Pearl Harbor Mark II, basically. Yeah. Um yeah. There's yeah, only a few. Tense.
0: There's only a few there's a few events that stick in my mind about watching them on TV. Um Princess Diana, interestingly, her death was one. I remember where I mm. was when that happened. That was big news. Uh Columbine, 911. Yeah. And then uh Oklahoma City was a big one too that I remember seeing mm. that uh, waking up to that news.
1: I don't actually remember much of Columbine. I think because at least what I was seeing, the coverage was not as <clears throat> succinctly packaged. Yes. Like, so, I remember so a lot of kids
0: running, video of the kids yeah, running out of the school. That's what I remember watching a lot So of much, that.
1: So much information as these things do with those types of things was evolving as it was happening, um, that it was totally, it wasn't totally clear exactly what was happening when, and you didn't really get a full uh, recap of what was going on until after it was over and whatnot. But I mean, you know, I th- I think the the most um unique thing about 911 from that standpoint is it's the first one of those things that I can think of that everybody watched live as it happened. You know, those those things yes. don't generally get covered the way that that got covered because of obviously what the 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 kind of attack it was and and the place it was and stuff like that. Usually it's, uh, you don't, you don't usually see the second plane. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean?
0: I guess I would, I would debate, I would say Columbine felt that way for me because everyone was watching Columbine when it was happening. Um, That's a good point. It's less, less, uh, there's less death, obviously, whether there's still death, but it's not the, it's not the visual impact that nine 11 had from watching it. Yeah, um, but it yeah. was something. I I don't know what else there would have been in between those two. There was probably something, but I just can't remember. I have
1: this is it's not a it's not a catas- catastrophic event. Well, not for America anyway. But I I have vague memories of the Gulf War, uh, seeing footage of that on TV. Mm-hmm. But that was not covered the same way. Obviously, that nine eleven was.
0: Yeah, and it's not a um, moment event. <clears throat> it's not a moment
1: in time type event. I was when
0: um, you know, Sorry, I was just
1: saying. I don't. I don't remember. I mean, I remember being aware of Oklahoma City, but I don't think I could place that in a timeline. It was, was the it morning. Like 19, it was really was it early. Like it was 94, 94, 95, yeah.
0: Probably. I was. Yeah. I remember I was sleeping over a friend's house, and we woke up to it, and his parents were watching the news thing, and that was one of those like, oh, there's been a bombing in Oklahoma, and you're watching the news, and then they show you the building, and you're like, oh Jesus, isn't it? It's not yeah. just like some yeah. like purse on a on a um sidewalk or something that had let's like, stick a dynamite in it um right, right
1: yeah i remember that princess diana was strange it wasn't it wasn't a bomb that went off in tennessee that people stopped talking about right. after two days yeah, right. yeah that, 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 <laughs> remember, was actually remember pretty when that happened like, like that was a month
0: like, ago it was like a street wiped out by that yeah. but we just stopped it wasn't it wasn't trump so we can't talk about it um 9-11 for me i had graduated high school obviously it happened on september 11th um I was going to a job, a drug test for a new job because I was going to take a year off after high school before college and I was working for the electric company. So I had to go Mm -hmm. get drug tested for it. And I was very nervous because I had been smoking during that lead up to that drug test. And that's what I was thinking about. (laughs) But I remember going in. So I was awake for it. A lot of people our generation were asleep. Like kids were either in college and sleeping or um, they were in high
1: school doing something else. And so you you got the call. The drug test was canceled. And you're like, thank God. <laughs> so I, who do I have to thank for this wonderful news? No,
0: I drove in and I got there. And people have to remember, this is a radio still era. It was still radio. Mm. Like if you were in the car, you were listening to radio or whatever. I got in and I remember walking in and the nurse or like the office person was like very stone faced and solemn, And she was blasting the radio. And I was the only person in there. And I was overhearing the radio and it was talking about a plane hit the trade center. And Mm. I was remembering there, there was an incident right before that happened where there was a prop plane that flew into the trade center and it was a suicide. So it was like a single seat flying plane had flown into one of the trade tower buildings and it was a person killing themselves. And so I, was listening to the radio, thinking, "Oh, it's another plane like that hit the building," and mm-hmm. then they started talking on the radio that the tower had fell, and I was I was so confused. I was like, "How? How did a prop plane knock the tower down?" Right. And and then, right. and then it was just this slow thing of her, of hearing all the information, and then you start seeing the footage, and you realize it was actually. Uh, passenger jets hitting the thing and everything. And it all came together. But I remember being very confused. Everyone in the office was very pissed off and I still had to take the drug test. And it was this weird day morning and then driving back, listening to it on the radio. But that was that was my 9-11 thing. And then it was the rest of the day spent at home watching on the news, everything mm-hmm. that happened.
1: Yeah, I kind of remember. <clears throat> I kind of remember there was a feeling of maybe this was an accident until the second one went in. And it's like, oh, clearly no. Clearly no, this is not an accident. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Um, Shit, I was going to say something else, but I forget what it was.
0: Well, that we can go to The Expanse with that cheery, cheery memories. But it is thematic and it is relevant to what this is because we have to go back to the timeline of 9-11 to appreciate The Expanse for what it is, I think. So let's take a break. We'll play a clip from the episode. We'll come back and we'll break it down.
1: I can't wait to get in there, Captain find the people who did this tell me we won't be tiptoeing around you None know of that non-interference crap to paul's always shoving down her throats maybe it's a good thing she's leaving we'll do what we have to trip
0: whatever it takes so the Expanse is the 26th and final episode of the second season of Star Trek Enterprise. It came out on May 21, 2003, so a year and a half after 9-11. It is the 8th of 13 Temple Cold War arcs. It is the 3rd of 3 in the Archer's Trial by the Klingons arc, and it is 1 of 28 in the Zindi Crisis arc. So it's a lot of arcs. So by-
1: this, is, this is it? They don't do the Klingon thing after this?
0: The Klingons are done Really? Archer's trial is done anyway. Yeah.
1: Oh. Well, you know, I guess I guess they gave it the old college try. You're, you're to, expecting to, to, to come back <laughs> from, from the grave.
0: <coughs> Written by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. Directed by Alan Croker. In-Universe State is April 24th, 2153. In this episode, after a devastating attack on Earth by an alien probe of unknown origin, Enterprise is recalled and sent into a strange expanse on a new, more vital mission. It's the expanse. So... Here we are, Clay, at the end of uh, season two. It's over. And now we're moving on to a new mission, as they say here. I think this one's kind of interesting, if not good. Um, I don't think it's bad. I think that hmm. it's it's kind of interesting how it's basically a a reboot of the pilot where they even go back to the station and then reuse the footage from Broken Bow of the ship leaving the dock. Oh, did they? As, yeah, that's the same footage as Broken Bow. So it it has this kind of deja vu thing to it introduces this idea of an attack on Earth, very 9-11, has characters dealing with it, has the Klingon it thing. Also,
1: it also reminded me of Starship Troopers a little bit, the beginning of Starship Troopers when uh, Argentina gets wiped out by the, the bug attack.
0: Maybe that's a good place to start with this one because um, this is not really important to anything, but it, it always strikes me as strange. This uh, probe attack chose the strangest place to fire on, really, where it cuts across Florida, goes across the Caribbean into Venezuela, and it's a manned ship because there's a dead Zindi pilot in it at the end. I don't know why he was shooting for that area. That seems like a poorly conceived... That's like the um, Islamic 9-11 hijackers hitting like wyoming you know it's like this is not yeah. this is not the place where you or or florida for Floor, yeah florida i suppose florida's even more crowded but it's relative to like if they had cut the beam you know across like beijing or something i feel like there's 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 a lot of heavy heavy hits in there but they they went for a, a lot of ocean they, they hit a lot of ocean hmm. with their shot which is maybe fortunate for the earthlings but it always strikes me as weird
1: i assumed they were trying to do L- the literalization of that uh, Bugs Bunny GIF, where he's sawing Florida off and letting it float into the <laughs> Flo- ocean. Float off, yeah, yeah. Arizona Bay, as Bill Hicks would say. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's weird. It's a weird shot. It uh, it doesn't feel doesn't feel super planned. It seems like uh, maybe he leaned on the wrong button in his yeah. probe or something.
0: Yeah, and the probe itself is a test. They tell us in this one interestingly. Um, so you show well, your, no, I mean, there you show you your yeah, hand. You don't want to.
1: <laughs> You don't want to be too, you don't want to aim for like the high value target with your test. You know, you want to shoot for lower Florida, I guess. Why do they shoot earth with
0: the test anyway in the first place? I don't know.
1: It's kind of shows your hand. I think
0: we yeah, might, we might I be mean, opening up some Zindy, some Zindy some, some weaknesses in the Zindi operation at this point early, but it's one of those things that doesn't you really said
1: matter. Across, you said across earth's nose, not up it.
0: I know. Yeah. Despite its face. Um, What'd
1: you think of this one? Um, I liked it. I I thought the um I thought the character scenes, the one-on-one character scenes were fairly stock. I don't mean that I don't mean bad because I think they were fine. They did what they had to do. I just think that they weren't doing much interesting stuff. Um except for kind of reestablishing motivations and stuff like that. But what I actually did like is um I thought they did a pretty good job of tying their three plots together and kind of tying them together if not tying them up moving yep. into this next section of the show cuz they had the um they've got this new thing going with the Zindi. They've got uh the Cold War, Temporal Cold War the temporal Cold War stuff, the Sulaban stuff, the Klingon stuff. They even managed to get rid of uh, the Vulcan spying on them stuff by having uh, T'Pol essentially go rogue to some extent, stay yep. on the ship. I thought they managed, they balanced, they juggled that stuff pretty well, and I think it all worked together in a fairly satisfying way, and um, let it in. I think it's a good, I think it's a good season finale. And uh, it's a good lead into clearly the third season, which is going to be, I was a little surprised it wasn't more of a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. but um, pretty cliffhanger. I do think it's a
0: good. There's no, there's no direct threat, but it's pretty, pretty yeah. cliffhanger, I guess.
1: Yeah. Like I think the cliffhangery thing would be like, it ends with the Zindi attacking earth or something, you know, sure. uh, or it ends with Duras cornering them in the purple cloud or whatever. Um, Delphic expanse. But, the Delphic Expanse, mm-hmm. which is my favorite all keyboard band from <laughs> 1973. It's very atmospheric. Uh, yeah, yeah, not a lot. Going, yeah. Not a so lot where, where they play, they play one keyboard on each side. It's so the it's like, the rocking you know, keyboards. They gonna- yeah. Um, and what the guy in the middle has a big laser sword that he, <laughs> that he waves. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a good season finale. They they they. Balance that stuff pretty well um the character stuff was a little boring it was it it took me oddly enough <laughs> it took me a surprisingly long time to make the nine eleven 11 comparison mm-hmm. and the thing that made it click for me wasn't the massive destruction or anything like that it was the scene where uh Archer and I think it's the scene where Archer and Trip are are drinking. Yeah. And I actually, I actually just, like that scene. I know like, you've, you you yeah. yeah, I
0: know you were down on the 101. I like that scene quite a bit.
1: Yeah, and it's it Trip is like I just can't wait to get over there and start busting some heads for my dead sister. I'm like this feels like every conversation I had about 9/11 mm-hmm. on like 9/12. It's, you know? That that's I think that's my favorite because
0: um to to close off your arc story. I think the reason that this doesn't really work tremendously well as an episode for me is that I can see the strings pulling the plots together kind of easily, and it feels like it's constructed just to close off a lot of stuff and to start something new. So it doesn't have a super organic feel as an episode. Mm. It feels like it was a construct made to reboot the series in some ways and to send them off into the Delphic expanse. Yeah, I I would agree with that. What I do like is... I do like the character scenes and um, well, mostly I like that trip and Archer scene just because it is very interesting to go back to something that was produced relatively soon after nine 11 and see, I think, I think what we're going to enjoy most about the season three thing uh, besides any of the good episodes is actually how much of a nine 11 commentary it was so soon after nine 11 Mm. and how things have changed. But Archer and trip here are very angry about it and very um ready to be totally different characters from what they are to this point and it's it's a real turning right. point for them. I actually don't I don't know if the attack on earth actually has enough time on screen to really make all of that land. It feels very abrupt. Like not that it's unbelievable, mm-hmm. but it feels like the characters just kind of flip because they had this attack and now they're going to go off and do this thing. But it's um it's it's something that I think that the that that scene with Trip and Archer really sticks out to me, just because it's like it is as you were saying, like a very visceral scene. That's a reminder of what was going on after nine eleven, and it's strange to see it in a Star Trek show. However, I do think the series, even though we haven't gotten into anything, I do think that like I, I watched this episode, and I was like, "All right, it's good that Enterprise is going to do something different going on." Like, mm-hmm. I like there's no way to un, uh, to make this a different season coming up, and it's going to have. Yeah. Well, we know it's going to be slightly or it's going to be serialized to some extent, but. I was excited just to have the show change into something else, and I felt like this was a good enough spine as any to build a season around.
1: Yeah, I think it's um, <clears throat> it's nice when shows can recognize that something like that needs to change and uh, and shift towards that. Like um, I've never seen a show course correct as well as the cw legends of tomorrow show yeah which had one of the fir- the worst first seasons i've ever seen and then they just figured out what they were doing wrong completely changed the direction of the show for the second season and it turned into arguably the best of those shows yep um and so it, I, i'm not i'm not gonna go out on a limb and say i mean clearly the people who like enterprise seem to think that's what happens with this as well sure <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting and, and, and it's, it's, I I appreciate when they take a chance like that and kind of retool things a little bit and repilot it a bit. I mean,
0: did did you find it too jarring? Did you find it acceptable? It's a pretty drastic change. I I know that it's tough to say with just one episode of what we saw because it's just the event and then the changes and the. Uh, you know, like the Klingons drop off. They get to the Expanse, but they don't really show anything. And mm-hmm. what I think is kind of funny is that they travel for an extremely long time in this episode to get to the Expanse. It's like multiple months of traveling to, to yeah. get there.
1: And time—oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, th-
0: I think that a weakness of the episode in some ways is that that time— I guess this episode in its original cut came in like 50 minutes too long, and they had to cut mm-hmm. a lot of stuff out of it. I. It was all character talking stuff. But I feel like you don't really get a chance to get people's headspace in the th- six months or whatever that they're traveling right. to get from Earth to this expanse. And it feels like that's kind of important. It's just they leave Earth and then there's a captain's voiceover that's like, well, after traveling for eight weeks, we finally arrived at warp five. We've been traveling for eight weeks. Like we're way the fuck out here. And you don't get a good sense of everyone's headspace. And I feel that that would have kind of been nice to get a good sense of trips headspace just because it's important to the 9-11 stuff. But you don't get a mm-hmm. sense of Hoshi Mayweather anybody on the crew really besides archer and uh trip
1: yeah yeah trip basically turns into a country song from 2002 yeah um yeah i think time is it doesn't surprise me that a lot of stuff is cut from this because i think time in general is a little wobbly in this one uh because there's another scene the scene with trip and reed walking wherever they're going reed makes a comment about like something something for the past three weeks or two months we've been here so it's like they're they're definitely playing fast and loose with how much time is passing and what they're showing you and stuff so it, it is a little bit hard to exactly track where everybody is how people are feeling because you don't really see them um like you said trip is really the only one who gets a spotlight Tripp and paul and archer i mean which makes sense because they're the, the the big three there but yeah. yeah um yeah it's a little i think the thing that 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 makes it stand out as kind of contrived for me is once again they kind of hamstring themselves as far as what the mission of this ship is by having them very easily go back to earth yeah you know like it every time they do this I, i think to myself like where are they like how far have they gone out are they just I think I said it in one of the previous episodes, they're still within earshot for when their mom yells and says it's time to come home for dinner. They're not exactly in the in the jungle or anything.
0: If they had never gone back, I would have liked the scene where they drop out of warp and they're like, it's our sun, and it just looks like another star in the distance. I thought that was kind of mm. cool. It's, but I know that yeah. they've gone back, so it undercuts everything because they haven't been really gone uh, the way that you're talking yeah. about.
1: It's, you know, I think what I would probably have done differently is I know that they have to go back because you got to retrofit or refit the Enterprise so it can shoot photon torpedoes. Yep. Or yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, this is the first use of photon torpedoes. Yeah, yeah,
1: and they, they get str- They go back. They go back to the closest village and and sleep. They hit the save and sleep button, and they yep. wake up with better shields and better. Their party's
0: guns. MP is fully restored, and their HP <laughs> yes, is off. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Um, but I think it feels so weird to send them all the way back to Earth because I'm th- I keep thinking I, I was thinking to myself why the, what. What are they going to do? Like, what purpose are they going back to Earth for? Like, what, how are they going to help? Right. It's, it's kind of unclear as to why they need to go back to Earth. I think you probably could have done it if you sent them to Vulcan and had them get like Vulcan retrofit tech or some shit like mm. that to, to bump them up a little bit if you need to do that. Because I think part of what is, engaging about this idea is that earth has been attacked millions of people have been have been killed uh and enterprise can't go back there's nothing they can do so they're kind of impotent to help anything they're just getting the news secondhand, and they end up in the position where it's like okay we're the only ship who can go out there and go after this go after this thing yep You know, like that, I find that to be more interesting and have a bit more of an edge to it because it's, it's kind of, I think it's kind of the vibe they were trying to go for at the end of season two, of discovery where it's like, we have to jump this ship into the future. This is it. We might, we're probably never coming back. So you have that sort of like, uh, um, apocalypse now kind of feeling to it where it's like, you're going down the river and you don't know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Whereas if they go back and then they talk to the admirals and shit and then they, they, have time to like stew and then they fix the ship and stuff i don't know it's it seems a little bit like i've said before i don't like it when there's redundant travel in in a lot of stories Mm -hmm. and them going all the way back to earth just to go all the way back out again feels a little redundant to me
0: it does it would have been nice to go to vulcan it's a kind of a vulcan head souped up the enterprise the nx-01 it's a little bit of the um the goodwill that the globe had shown shown towards America in post nine eleven days too, which is kind of representative of that. I understand they don't go there as it plays in the story here because T'Pol can't go back. There is
1: the the main reason yeah, to avoid. Can, I think you you can still do that story even if you go to Vulcan. I go to the moon of Vulcan. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I guess they have to go. I mean, they have to go back to show you the smoldering. Wreckage of it, and that the, really bizarre scene with the CG uh, trip and Reed are like waving their arms yeah. on
1: the ground. The the smoldering <laughs> wreckage of that wing commander level <laughs> they're in.
0: It's not good, and it's not um, it's not super effective, and it's kind of it's kind of mm. corny in some ways. But it's, I guess they have to go back to look at it again. I don't think that the show has time for the characters to really feel anything. It's you know it's Trip's mourning his sister that we've never met before. And mm-hmm. it's almost confusing in the episode about whether or not she was killed in the attack. He never right. really hundred percent right. clarifies that. Um and so well, going back to Earth is uh, too much travel as you say. I, I in a sense that to go back to see the devastation that's happened, I think is necessary for the characters. It would be like it would be like your only exposure to nine nine eleven being just on TV, which I'm sure is a lot of people's experience, but like like I think you're supposed to feel like a New Yorker in that sense, where the thing that you sure. knew that was there is no longer
1: there, and so it has. A and real- as I learned, as I learned from the first Spider-Man movie, you yep. mess with <laughs> one of them, you mess with all of them.
0: <laughs> I think that's what they were going for by having the Enterprise go back. But as you say, they just they boot them out there again to to go do everything.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, I I mean I get it, I understand why they send it back, but it's just I don't know, I. <sighs> it's not it's not my preference but i i get why they do it
0: the other things that are going on here is the klingon storyline which you were surprised that ended but it does end um is there anything to this beyond just providing some sort of conflict on their journey really i i feel like it's Cl- just wrapping a bow and that's pretty much it
1: yeah clearly not if this is the end of it yeah um yeah there's not there's not much left if this is the end of the story, then yeah, the only reason they put it in there was so they could uh, just get rid of it. They have a weird scene with the, like I would have cut
0: the scene with the Klingon elders in the beginning who tell Duras to go get him. I would, if Duras had just showed up, it would have been like, that's fine. I don't know why I need to see the Klingons telling him to go, to go get this guy. But Mm -hmm. I would agree that that's all it is in that story.
1: What I, what I think I would have liked from that is um, if they had a moment If they had a moment at the end there where uh, you got to see the change in Archer's attitude a little bit more, because clearly they're a little bit more um, aggressive after what's happened and and, and the job that they have to do. Archer is, would have, Yes, Archer, yes. It would have been interesting to have a moment, because I thought that they were going to do this, where they've disabled the Klingon ship, and then Archer basically makes the call to finish them off. Yep. you know, I think that would have been a good reason to a good reason to use those characters and tie that thing up more than just to add in the the gratuitous action you need to put in something like this.
0: Yeah, I was ex- I was expecting a um, <clears throat> it almost could have worked. I, I understand that they do that there to kill Duros off and everything, and I, I think that your version works. I was expecting a very a very angry. Uh, view screen communication between Archer and Duras where mm. Archer's basically yeah. about how you fuck off and then Duras would actually come I was thinking the same that. thing. Yeah.
1: Every time, every time, like they're on their way back and they get the the Sulaban ship show up and in the part when they're going back out and the Klingons show up, in my head I'm thinking like, give these guys a break, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, how come Archer, I was expecting Archer to be like, can you guys, listen, we got bigger stuff to deal with here. Could you just give me a break? It would, it would fit in with his mind state
0: mindset at this point right, right like he, he right. would just be like i don't have time for this and that's what you're saying about like he he has a chance to let them survive but he's like i can't deal with any more hassles here and just decides to finish them off i, w- I was surprised he has got he's he's even with all the delays he's kind of slightly put off he's like oh what is it this time i can't i can't believe this is happening i would have i would have liked to have seen that shift into an angrier archer although i'm concerned and i think there's a general concern about um whether or not Bacula can do Angry Archer and whether Mm -hmm. Angry Archer is a character that people want to watch on this because I find Trip pretty effective as angry. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know about Archer. You don't get a lot out of Archer here except for that decent scene between the two of them.
1: Uh, So we can talk about... I also, I did want to mention that once again, it shows that the uh, uh, Archer has gone to the Riker school of how to kill somebody with a weapon when he shoots the torpedoes at the lowest level first (laughs) and then cranks it up for the next one and then cranks it up for the third one to blow them up.
0: You got to show the yield on these things. Um, The better plot that's worked into it is the Temporal Cold War arc, which fits in nicely here with how the Zindi work and is a decent mystery setup where Hmm. how if the Zindi have been talking to somebody from the future... How did they get technology from the future at the same time? Because that's what Archer sort of figures out about them. This is the last appearance of mysterious humanoid figure, who I'm sure is is one of your favorites. Yeah, this is his last appearance.
1: How? They never tell you who that is? (laughs) They never tell you who it is, no. Seriously? Yep, yep. Wow. I kind of respect that a little bit, actually, (laughs) but it's i i, I was surprised
0: find- i i did not realize that i only i was looking at the memory alpha and this is his final appearance they mention him in the future but he's never that's sent, shown again.
1: <laughs> they're like oh yeah by the way that guy that was alex <laughs> from accounting <laughs> no i i uh I did find that scene to be really funny because they set this guy up to be this like big bad and then it, all of a sudden it's like Hello Archer, thank you for coming in. We've we've this is the first time we've met in person, but we have things we need to talk about, so if you'd like to have some tea you can hang out. Yep. It was just it was just very much uh um kind of cut into the chase with stuff. But I, it was I thought it was I thought it was sad because it's his last appearance.
0: And I didn't realize that's at the time because I only learned that afterwards. But it was the first time I felt there was some sort of clarity to the point of view about what his point is, really. Sure. Where it's not just sure. this confused jumble of the Suluban are sometimes good and sometimes bad and we don't know. He has a more mysterious because he talks about other factions that are doing this and he's not particularly mm-hmm. clear about what's going on. But he actually gives Archer direction as to what to do. And you don't know whether it's good or bad. You have to assume it's kind of the right thing to do at this point. But he, he wasn't, we were complaining about the, the temporal cold war before, because it felt like the writers never really knew what they wanted to do with it. So all the episodes are just this jumble of like, now Archer's good. He's going to do this. And then this is going to do bad. And then Daniels is going to yeah. come in. This one felt like it was the first legitimate. I could understand why someone from the future would do this. Like the reason he was telling Archer made sense to me, the reason that he let the attack happen made sense to me. Archer's like, we wouldn't have believed him if he had told us this an hour before. So we let all those people die. The, um, interfering with the Zindi and the future tech. And he wants to stop that from happening. That's consistent with everything. And know. it's just, it's too bad at the end of his appearances is the only time that there's actually some sort of like storyline that I can understand going on with him and having like a motivation for that character that
1: I can find believable. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, let's play a game for a second Mm -hmm. if this is if this was his last appearance and you had to reveal who that guy was who would you choose
0: i like the fan theory that it's archer that's the only one Mm -hmm. that adds any depth to me if it's somehow archer from the future talking to himself um i don't know how you would retcon that to make it all make sense because it's so jumbled but i don't think there's anyone else who i'd be
1: interested in it being do you have someone on on the top of your head Well, that that's a good one because I actually thought they were going to go that way when uh, Archer, when they were like, "How do you know this guy's telling the truth?" And he's like, "Trust me, I know he's telling the truth." Mm -hmm. He showed me his Uh, heart tattoo on
0: his ass, just like goldeneye. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Instead of (laughs) instead of instead of pulling out the tricorder to be able to figure out what reverse carbon date future things quantum quantum dating quantum dating yeah quantum quantum date the things from the future. (laughs) Uh, which I don't really know if I would is, call that like a slam dunk, but
0: is, is, is that the worst science? The guy's like, this always has a negative number. This no, <laughs> it always has a positive. Positive number, number. I can't. Yeah, be
1: but now it says negative six. So <laughs> <laughs> or four twenty. That's 420.
0: that was that's the worst. I, I think that's some of the worst techno babble I've ever seen. For some reason, that just strikes yeah. me as totally unbelievable. That his the negativeness of his integer is what upsets him. It's like that's a a weird weird takeaway. Sorry. go ahead. Yeah.
1: I, I was thinking Archer would be a good one. If I think for maximum impact in story, Archer would be good, even though, yeah, like retroactively hard it to doesn't explain. make a ton of sense. Yeah. Very hard to explain. Could be think, Daniels uh, Daniels could well, sneak in I there. was gonna say I think you could probably do it if you picked a character from another show and dropped yes. him in there. Like uh, my first thought was like data. But mm-hmm. but maybe maybe it doesn't have to be someone that big like someone who's a little bit on the outskirts of stuff who would be in, just like an interesting character that you could drop in to reveal who this guy is and have everybody go oh boy what does that mean yeah and then just kind of you know, to to satisfy that and then just like move on from it like uh, data is dead at uh, this point right yes uh, data is dead at this point not that yeah, that well, prevents he's you never, from bringing him he's back he's never really dead right. as we found out I, it would be um, someone like Dax.
0: Dax is a possibility as someone who could Dax potentially, be, cool. potentially yeah. be out there.
1: Yeah, Or, or Cisco. Why not? What yeah. the hell? He, yeah. <laughs> the Cisco. Who, who, who gives a shit? Throw Cisco in. Well, that's,
0: <laughs> that's. I think you're giving uh, CBS All Access an idea to do, and I, I don't want Cisco to come back. I think he's, he's fine where he is.
1: Wes, that show would be so weird <laughs> because you know he would only do it if he had some level of control. Yeah. That show would be bonkers. It would be. Which maybe would be a good thing. I can't, I can't What if it? Oh, man, this would make zero sense. What if it was the Tony Todd adult version of Jake?
0: <laughs> <clears throat> He's frozen in time, and he has to tell Archer, uh, of all things. Feeling very – yeah, it's feeling um, – I, I think that all that you're telling me is that I'm
1: glad they don't reveal – who it is? Yeah, it's probably the I, I bet they had this exact same conversation and they were like, It's probably better if we just don't do it. <laughs>
0: just, just don't bring this up ever again. I mean it's it's shocking he just never appears again, but I'm not gonna yeah. walk away from this going like, Oh, what happened to that guy? I can't
1: I can't believe they don't round that out like in the series finale somehow. No. Like I, I don't remember much from the series finale. I I know that I don't remember that being in there. And clearly it's famous the series for series finale is Go ahead.
0: Well, it's it's famous for the, there's a new showrunner, uh, not Braga and Berman in season four, and he's famous for just being like, I didn't want to do, I didn't want to touch that, so I just I never oh, talked really? about okay. it at all. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's surpri- I'm surprised that they didn't do that at all. Yeah, that seems like something you would at least give lip service to. It's a huge part of up. the show. It's, it's yeah. like yeah. for for how unimportant it is, it's a huge part
0: of the show to this point. You know, it's it's the only. It's like the only continuing backbone hmm. that isn't like a tertiary world building thing. Like getting to know the Vulcans and stuff is not really a running plot line in this. It's just kind of something that you're exposed to from being in this this timeline. But the the Temporal Cold War was it was the thing that set up the series. It's yeah. like it was it yeah. was the the whole even though they never really touched on it because they never knew what they were doing. Uh, and here it is, just having Archer be sent off into the expanse in a fairly satisfying way. And it could have been much worse. And I'm sure that I'll remember it in the future as better than it was just because it ended on a, a decent note. Um, what they
1: should have done in the final episode, they should have revealed that it was actually Wesley Crusher playing a virtual uh, reality game.
0: He's a traveler now. He, he could be yeah. traveling into the future because time and space or whatever that guy says is... Uh, his pedophile mentor takes, takes him off under his wing. Um anything else here? I did like uh we talked we've had a Patreon episode about Event Horizon, and I was a bit surprised yes. that the Vulcans basically go through yes. hell.
1: <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. and then they come, go yeah, they definitely go into the Event Horizon universe, <laughs> which
0: <laughs> they basically hey. liverate like tuteme as the video recording.
1: Which was Dude, if, that, if, if honestly, if they had pulled back and the guy, the shadowy guy had been Sam Neal from, <laughs> from Event Horizon, <laughs> I would have stood up and clapped. Do, uh, Bri- Professor Miller, Dr. Miller, whatever his name is. <laughs> Brandon, have you, seen, have you seen this cult classic <laughs> Just saw from nineteen ninety? 1990- best movie. <laughs> well, it like, it could have been I think in a couple ways it could have been better. It feels
0: it feels like it needed another pass. That would have been nice. I was um and that that video i think that video is fairly effective It it, it is a, definitely a star trek version of what the event horizon se- sequences were you know it's like it's a mm. bunch of people just going like
1: i mean i when i saw it i was like i don't know if they're killing each other or if this is just the vulcans <laughs> filming a video for the for the band live or something <laughs> they do have like some that's sort a, of- that's a joke that's a joke that most people <laughs>
0: Yet. <laughs> which, which video is it, Lightning Crashes, or is it uh, I, alone? I feel
1: my when I think about live videos, I just i think of like a bunch of people kind of like running at each other and like
0: without shirts and that, stuff. That's uh, yeah, that's that's I alone. I just think of his rat tail, his, his hideously long rat tail, slathering and mud
1: on each other. <laughs>
0: um, the Vulcan thing, it's definitely a you know, a G rated event horizon. I think the worst you see is like someone bites another guy's nose and there's like a hint of blood or something like that. I think.
1: I think they were, like, tearing a dude apart or something. They are. Like they yeah, were all yeah. gathered around one guy, you know, zombie style, tearing him open.
0: It ties into the Delphic expanse, which is that there's no way this can live up to what they've been describing. You know, I'm unfamiliar with... The Delphic with-
1: expanse, from what I understand, is when you get your whole hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> passes through the portal. I, uh, You know what I mean? Like, they're
0: they're like a Klingon ship went there and they turned inside out and they were still alive. You yeah. That no was, chance. that was,
1: that was an interesting <laughs> description when they, like the they were, they were anatomically inverted, I think is what he says.
0: <laughs> but he, but the, his, they're alive. Made it sound like, like the they the inside flew out ship gas back. from that Simpsons episode. Yeah. It, right. <laughs> like they, they got home to tell people about the strange yeah. thing that happened to them. A lot of ships have been lost there. I think so. Soval has that Vulcan tape. And I think he says the Vulcans went crazy. um,
1: there's it could no- just mean like when uh, Mel Brooks goes through the the, uh, the transporter and space balls and his butt's on the front. Right, yeah. <laughs> that might. Maybe it was just that. It wasn't too bad.
0: I just don't... There's no way this can live up to it, right? I'm unfamiliar with the Delphic Expanse episodes. I have not seen anything from this season, I don't think. Um, I know what the Zindi are. That's about the extent of my knowledge here. Uh, but... You know what I mean? Like They're promising insanity. And I don't right. think Star Trek, uh, Enterprise Star Trek can deliver insanity as much yeah. as like this is a, yeah. it's a great setup for some really weird Star Trek stuff. I was expecting when they crossed the purple barrier, <laughs> I thought that was going to be the end of the episode. And space looks totally different in the Delphic expanse. Like when they get mm. in, there's like no stars or something like that. It's just total blackness and strangeness because the Admiral or something says that in some places, the laws of physics don't apply. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if they do this. I have no idea. Maybe I'm wrong. And everyone's going to say the episodes in the expanse are the craziest shit that you've ever seen. I just, I don't believe that's possible from Star Trek. Really?
1: Yeah. um, Based on what I've seen from the show, I'm not expecting it to get too crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm expecting it to be not unlike the third season of discovery where you go in kind of thinking, wow, they've, completely reset the table anything is possible then you get there and it's like okay it's kind of the same
0: yeah they meet another vaguely militaristic militia group alien (laughs) yes chase put into a prison i did
1: i did really like when they were uh, what the hell did he say it's like the 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 expanse is like 14 million miles wide or something Mm -hmm. like that and and they're like how how do you think you're ever going to find this And, and archer's like ah the guy told us he wouldn't have come back if he didn't think we were gonna get him. It's like, Oh, okay. That's you're taking quite a chance there, bud. My favorite
0: size of the expanse reference is when they see it for the first time and they're like, How far are we? He's like a hundred billion kilometers and Trip's like, Wow, it looks like we're closer and Sepal goes, That's what happens when you're very when you look at something very large. It's like, Are you guys <laughs> in scientists? Like is this... This is, mm-hmm. this is up there with the uh, Forrest like negative inter- or negative thing on his readout or non-negative or whatever it was. It's like this is an extremely well, unscientific group going into. This. I
1: felt like I felt like they were speaking directly to me and all my criticisms of always showing the ships in the same shot, where same it looks distance, like yeah. twenty-five feet away from each other, which in reality would be. Multiple miles, I guess. But these Klingons
0: get right on each other's ass when they're firing the photon torpedoes. They get everyone is just right next to each other.
1: That was a pretty decent I, sequence, though, all things considered. What was like? What was the impediment of the purple smoke area? Because their sensors they were didn't like, work. That's about it. That, was it just sensors? Because they were they, like they yeah, had to the, go
0: slow, and their sensors don't work. I assume they have to go slow because they can't see what's in front of them.
1: Okay, because the Vulcan they were like the Vulcan ship, but it took them six days to get through this or whatever. That's um, true,
0: and, and they're taking longer, right? They're surprised at how long it's taking. I don't think there's anything to that. I think it's just supposed yeah. to be a a thing to get through.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I was
0: just curious. That's it. Any any other uh, thoughts before we go to final thoughts, read the patients and stuff like that? We'll be doing uh, a well, season wrap up, so we we don't need to get into that or thoughts about it. But just uh,
1: anything Expanse related. Well, we didn't really talk about um to paul at all but i I don't really Mm. know how much there is to say because she was her her through line was the one that i thought was the most kind of kind of stock character where it's like oh you can't go anymore but i it's my life dad yeah and then she's like what if i just don't go home you know i was like "All all right fine it
0: had been building to this like it had been building to this point in a way that as much as any enterprise storyline builds on itself and makes you feel like DePaul's humanization is kind of a thing and Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel that there was ever a moment where she wasn't going to go home and it wasn't tearing up Archer really when he's drinking with Mm Tripp he's like yeah I gotta get a new science officer that sucks like it's too bad it's not it's not like the episode is built around losing her or anything. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in this episode and it feels like it's just one of those things that you it happens and you you don't say yeah. anything,
1: which is too bad. I I wish what they had done and I thought they were doing this, but I don't think this was the intention. Maybe maybe if you felt this way if you felt differently, let me know. I thought they were going to play it as though Archer knew she wasn't going to leave. Because I think I told my like, wife
0: that was what was happening too. She came in oh, halfway really? and yeah. she's like, "What's happening? Why is why is, you know, it's like, I was like, she's leaving. And, and she asked me, does Archer want her to go? And I said, no, because I, I thought that that was what the uh, the buildup was going to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because the, the scene with Trip, Trip's like, did you pick a new science officer? And he's like, I don't I, know. I, I don't know <laughs> who I'm going to pick. And my, I, I honestly don't know who he would have picked because nobody else seems to be able to do that job. Yeah. Uh, but, and then with the scene with the two of them, he doesn't really put up much of a fight around. She just kind of talks. Yeah, and then she's like, "I don't want to go," and he's like, oh, yeah. "I know." Right. I feel
0: I feel he puts up too much. I feel he should be more happy <clears throat> That's that she's not going. Yeah. I I, yeah. I was surprised by the amount of he's
1: like, oh, "You're going to betray the high command." I was like, "The fuck do you care, Archer?" I'm like, well, I I think I think for him to react that way, if you're specifically pushing back against to Paul as a way to be like, oh it looks like you have changed, no, like that kind of thing. But they Mm -hmm. didn't really do that. It was just him kind of being like, you know, just kind of stating facts and her being fairly – like there was no – I didn't feel like it was pressing either of the characters in an interesting direction. It was just kind of we got to get her to say she's going to stay and then him to do the thing where it's like we're not going to Vulcan. It's a pretty Um, limp
0: decision. It's just – You know, it's expected and they actually don't – they don't ring anything. I I think in general –
1: there's no consequences built into it either. Like, who cares? Yeah. If she doesn't go back, big deal. Right. Yeah. You know?
0: Yep. She's the only one on the ship, and it's just you don't stop it. It's not like they're going to be in uh, – they do drop that boy or whatever, but they're, they're not going to be in communication, you'd assume, with Starfleet and the Vulcans for much longer. So mm. it doesn't, doesn't it really is,
1: matter. It is kind of interesting how much of a parallel there kind of is between season the end of season two of Discovery and this, isn't it? There is, yeah. They're heading off into this section of space that nobody else can go to and yep. they can't talk to anybody else, and there's kind of a promise of new, new, new stuff. And yeah. New races new races and civilizations, as they say in the opening or whatever. Which is also but, uh,
0: Voyager, to be fair. We sure. haven't we haven't covered sure. it yet, but that is that is Voyager's
1: thing. And we never will unless those zeros get a lot bigger. <laughs> I don't Actually, think I guess I, it's the other number that needs to get bigger.
0: I don't think I have anything else to say about this one uh that aren't final thoughts related let's go to the patrons
1: i and then we'll i see. just want to say i i uh at the end of the episode i l- i was writing so it autoplayed the beginning of the next one. Oh, and you said, did you see the zindi i don't i don't know i don't know which one who was which but it was a really funny scene with a bunch of uh al- funny looking aliens those talking to of a those table those are the zindi oh really yeah. okay <laughs> the zindi so are are, they're like a group of different
0: there's like five different people? races that make them up. Oh, okay there's the insect guys there's reptile yeah. guys yep yeah
1: it was just they when they cut to the cgi insect guy i was like oh okay <laughs> this is what we're doing i guess
0: <laughs> yeah that, i don't think that's not a spoiler because obviously you see them in the next minute of the episode that comes up but that's they are a um they're sort of dominion like they're just a, yeah, a collection of alien that. species so um Let's take a break. We'll play. Space is big, man. Yeah, I, I don't know, know why
1: they got to keep coming at Earth. Never works out for them.
0: Just leave it alone. Well, they were. told What's the. Uh, we didn't really talk. I mean, it's part of the Cold War thing, but it ties into the how well done. I think the Cold War is in within this episode. All things considered is that the Zindi are attacking Earth because they were told in the future Earth will destroy right. you. So you have to sure. get the, the the jump on them.
1: Ooh, just like World War One. Yeah. Well, not really. Just like That's the plot a of bloody discussion. hell. I assume. Right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, uh, I have to go back and rechange all the dialogue now.
0: (laughs) I can't have Bug Guy in this anymore. Yeah, I have to cut him out, turn him into something Mm -hmm. else. Let's take a break. We'll play a clip from the episode. We'll come back, read some Patreon thoughts, and give our final thoughts about The Expanse. Straight and steady, Mr. Mayweather. Let's see what's in there. Thank you very much for listening today. Hope you enjoyed the content. If you enjoyed the content and you enjoy listening to all these podcasts and you want to listen to more and you say, I want to give back to you enterprise podcast, <laughs> you can go to patreon.com <laughs> slash the slash file It's the best way to support us a couple dollars a month. You get extra stuff like extra podcast. You get the ability to vote on things. We just covered a couple gold. We covered Goldeneye and from Russia with love. We did Invasion of the Body Snatchers. There's a whole bunch of movies. There's like 90 podcasts at this point on the
1: Patreon feed. Patreon, the Friday the Thirteenth series. We've oh, that's the first right. Two of those.
0: Yep. So we got a year full of Friday the Thirteenth. If that's your favorite franchise, you can check that out. One every month.
1: If, if you want to be our shadowy noob Sabot guy from the future, telling giving us directions as to what we cover next, join the Patreon.
0: Obviously, Clay has been watching the Mortal Kombat trailer. On I am repeat. so excited.
1: I'm so excited. <laughs> Sub Zero makes an ice knife out of Scorpion's blood and then stabs him with it. Yep.
0: Which is a kind of a reference to something we made a joke about in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, too, interestingly. So it all comes together. That the pl- I, I the about. The, the microscopic about. uh needle that killed the guy, that's the police chief. Oh, thing. right. We were saying that it's an it's an icicle ice uh knife because no one will find the murder weapon.
1: And if you want to understand that joke better <laughs> And <laughs> why it works like in, the <laughs> body, in the context in the podcast you like i should go to patreon and listen to that episode
0: (laughs) patreon.com slash the file thank you very much for supporting us guys i hope you enjoyed season two of enterprise we'll be back with um our season wrap-up we'll probably do it as a live stream i think because that's a good way to get the questions in and it worked well last time so i'll give you a time and a date follow me on
1: social media all that stuff's down below And
0: then I'll change that
1: date at the last minute and the location because I know how these things work. It's
0: difficult to schedule. Google Calendar is just filled. Let's uh, go to patron thoughts. or Actually, we'll give a special thank you. The final special thank you to our captains of the second season of Enterprise. Thank you to Ben Douglas, Tarik Latif, Joint Mango, Kyle Barrett, Mike Burnett, Michael Pond, Matthew Ross, Andrew Chalogue, Cardinal Doomsday, Nathan Alex Samuel Custer, Matt Cutler, Nick Sergi, Grim Santo, Sean Christian Pouch, Bradley Kilens, Dwayne Hackett, Darth Moss, Kevin Reyes, Jordan Cooper, Walter Jane Hero, Russell Elledge, Vroom Benler, HH Twenty Eight, Stephen Minton, Derek Zajac, Paul Roscoe, Jacob One Two Three, Point Extra G, Nick the Rat, Mike Harris, Grapple John Zorn, Eric Antoine, Kevin Lowry, Captain Brazen, Jakey's Gamer, Patrick Seba, Corey Martin, William Swain and Blues, Zane Majors, Dave Davies Retail, Olivier Pardieu, Worf's Dex, Tom Hickey, and Jose Hunters E W and F. Remixes. I think I got it that time. Thank you very much, patrons, for your support. Let's go to Patreon thoughts. Patrons can leave their thoughts about upcoming episodes when we read them. The new post is on Patreon for season three, the first half of season three. So if you want to leave your thoughts about those episodes, you can go to Patreon and do that. Matt Ross says, The Expanse, I'm told this is their 9-11 episode, but I see it more as an attempt to inject something, anything, that was more interesting than what they were doing. The issues of canon be damned, again, as the only other time this is hinted at is in Star Trek Beyond, and it makes you wonder if they were just trying to avoid cancellation. Where was Earth's defenses when the sphere appeared? From this point on, we'll have angry archer, vengeance-seeking Trip, and a crew set to visit, visit a dangerous, weird part of space that the entire third season concentrates on. The event horizon import at the end was at least creepily well done, and I think the best, most disturbing part of the episode, 350
1: seven lovers out of five nice yeah where was the nxo2 or who, who, that other guy's ship the other the, captain the, the, the that th- shot off the yeah, clowns when the sphere showed up the first the first time
0: yeah it i came. was i was a little unclear about that i i assume are the, those are just the ships that don't have the enterprise engine right they're just the slower ships oh i guess i think yeah, yeah. That must be what they are. I was surprised they put up such a fight against the Klingons. Quite frankly, because they did nothing against the Sphere. So, right, yeah,
1: yeah. I uh, um, you mentioned you mentioned season three being an interesting uh, commentary on nine eleven, so close to it happening. And I'll be interested to see that because one of the things that that really interested me when I reread it not too long ago. I've probably brought this up before. Is the marvel comic series the ultimates which Mm -hmm. was the uh, rebooted version of the avengers from the early 2000s and it reads a whole lot different now than it did at the time because at the time in the wake of september 11th there i think there was a lot more gung-ho-ness built into what i thought i was reading Mm
0: -hmm. but if
1: you go and you read it now it is like a searing indictment of America and its foreign policy and sure. stuff. And it's, it's, I can't believe that they, they managed to put that out and not get burned at the stake for it. Or like, I, I don't know if anybody noticed it was happening. Right. Yeah. But it was, it was written by Mark Millar, who's, who's Scottish. So he's like clearly seeing things from outside, outside the United States. And what reads at the time as Captain America being a badass reads now as Captain America being a really ignorant asshole. Mm, yeah. So it's it's a it's a it's a it's a series that definitely has uh, uh, is is worth a revisit this far out. I think the censors were more interested in destroying Drowning Pool's
0: budding career because they had <laughs> the bodies hit the floor, and then that was just one of the songs like you can't play the song ever again on the radio. And that was yeah. the end of Drowning Pool right there.
1: Um, well then it got then it got moved <clears throat> exclusively to movie trailers. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what were you expecting it? It was just a it was a radio era. Real that was that was the, I was still driving mm. around and listening to the radio at that point.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think I listened to uh, after 9/11, I think I listened to more Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony than I ever had yeah. in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. Cuz they were talking about it in a way that other places weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know you, you you want to get your commentary on global catastrophes the same place you get people talking about boobs i guess
0: <laughs> yeah i um i guess we kind of talked on this and we're we're early, too early to talk about but now yeah, we'll we'll wait for, I, I was just talking about matt's point about it's an attempt to inject something into this that's more interesting than what they've been doing i i commented on like i i did feel relief to not have another season of, uh, I know it's going to be the same. Like, I, th- th- mm-hmm. there's, but there's somehow this is different in my brain that it's not another second season hitting us. Yeah. Because it's just, it's focus, I think. It's focus, it's focus. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's no way that they, and I know they don't, there's no way that they can avoid what they've done here. It's not just the uh, ignore the season that we want to do on Earth and just have all these missions in space type stuff. It feels like it has mm-hmm. to be different. So I am, I am excited for that. Uh.
1: Uh, interesting I seeing I the difference i do hope that there is commentary on their actions built into it because i don't like the idea of enterprise being sent on a revenge mission yes <laughs> you know yeah. they do introduce a so, group called
0: the, the Makos or the makos or something the soldiers eventually populate the enterprise and um mm. okay. it's a tie into beyond because balthazar oh, is that the guy's name he's one yeah. of those soldiers cool yeah Jakey's Gamer says, The Expanse, this episode begins what I think is the most interesting arc of all of Star Trek. Yes, it's a 9-11 allegory, but it's ripe with potential to comment on both the good and the bad outcomes of its aftermath. It's also a story well-suited to enterprise as a free federation. Humanity works well as a stand in for 2003 USA. We've seen this episode what they feel now. But what will they learn along the way and how might this change? The Expanse kicks off some good character work finally, and although the season has some certainly had its ups and although the season to come certainly has its ups and downs, I'm looking forward to taking the ride again after many years to see how it holds up.
1: What does it say about this franchise that the answer to how do we do something interesting with Star Trek always seems to be put them in a war?
0: It's it's the exact opposite of what the setup is, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're a place of peace, the thing that's your opposite is just war at that point. Yeah. Um yeah. and it's whether or not it works, we'll see for this show. Works for DS nine. You know, mm.
1: it's it's possible. DS yeah, I think DS nine is is its own special case though, because it's clearly not as it's got more stuff going on that it, that makes that stuff a little bit more interesting. Yeah, the, the the grayness of that a little bit more interesting. Yeah,
0: and just the um, uh, yeah. stationariness of like the character. You can't. It's not zipping around and all that stuff. Obviously, mm. um, it's also. I mean, if you have to think about it in context, not just how we've been doing it on the podcast, but these were coming out relatively close to DS nine ending. It's not like mm. we're decades later and it's time for another Star Trek. So, so, I I think my main problem with the war stuff is that they did so much of it over a relatively short period of time yeah they could have expanded although Mm -hmm. discovery is also back at everything's a war too so yeah Point XG says this is mainly a setup episode, and it's a bit difficult to really analyze it. A probe showing up and shooting at Earth like a crazy belter hurling stealth rocks is a pretty good cold open, and that's one my my one mandatory the expanse reference. Sending your prototype for a test at the actual destination of your final weapon is really mind bogglingly idiotic. The Duras plotline seems to be there just to give this episode some kind of story. The visual effects at the battle on the end and the expanse are really quite stunning. Thank you very much.
1: It's like could you <laughs> It's like if it's it's like if the Japanese had sent one plane to Pearl yeah. Harbor like two days before just, the actual dropping
0: drop a test test bomb. Yeah, <clears throat> I know. It is. It's it doesn't make a lot of sense, and I also don't know why there's a pilot in it. A probe mm. to me implies it's just an automated thing that flies out there and does it. But it is. It is pretty random and weird. Yeah, yeah. and they show the they show the body as if it's supposed to mean something to you, but it's just a burnt humanoid. It's not like the reveal of that is like what the hell is this thing that's coming for us right. it's just like it's just a, a guy. Yeah. Royo says finally catches up to Star Trek. Unfortunately, Rick Berman and Brandon Braga were not up to the challenge. As 9/11 was a terrorist attack meant to cause terror and chaos. The upcoming Zindi arc, however, gets off to a terrible start. In hindsight, as the Zindi's ultimate goal is not terrorism but total annihilation, the last place you'd want to test a prototype to destroy Earth would be Earth. Because now Starfleet is alerted to the Zindi and their machinations, and thus capable of immediate retaliation. The Zindi arc was founded on extreme contrivance and stupidity. Attacking Earth before they were ready to attack Earth. Unlike JJ's Into Darkness. So the massive loss of life is acknowledged, contemplated, and reflected on by the characters. A three out of five. Um, yeah, I don't... I, I think I slightly disagree with th- um, their uh, goal being different. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a sense of scale. Because if we're on Earth, the uh, Al-Qaeda attack on Earth is just a smaller scale version of a alien spaceship attacking us and... Al Qaeda is into the annihilation of Western culture, so it, it's right. it it it, it tracks to me. I, I find it I find it an acceptable change.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, the the end goal is the same, which is th- the other side goes the, away. Yeah, yeah, the other side heads uh, goes off, guns blazing into yep. a, a situation they don't really know much about.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that's a, that's one difference is that Al Qaeda. And this is all hindsight, I suppose. Though you learned up in the years since nine eleven, but Al Qaeda was interested in the ramifications of what they've what they did. So they were mm-hmm. interested in sort of like military expansion from the U.S. and they didn't predict the Patriot Act and stuff like that. But that, that kind of plays into their hands. Uh, the Zindi to this point don't have a reason. That that's the problem with the probe going and shooting Earth. It's like, well, you don't have right. a reason to cause Earth to want to do this at this point. So it's strange that you did it.
1: If they wanted to really do a one to one, they should have had they should have had the Zindi attack and then Starfleet go. Well, we figured out that the Zindi are the ones who attacked Earth, so I think we should go invade Klingon, <laughs> invade the Klingons, and and take over Kronos.
0: Iraq was oh three, right? Maybe it was later. Mm-hmm. Maybe they hadn't had Iraq at this point. Kyle Barrett, I'm sorry for my my shitty history. Kyle Barrett says, The Expanse, I have a... F- I hey man, feel I have-
1: we, we lived it. We don't have to remember
0: it. No, it's all, it's just, you know, it's like albums. I don't need the exact year. I just remember when it when it came out around. Kyle Barrett says, I feel I have a pretty out there reading of this episode. Pre- uh, prepare yourself. It's subtle, very subtle in fact. Maybe so much though, so that it's only me picking up on this because I'm a genius. But I believe, and granted, this might be me reading far too much into things. But if you look very closely, I think it's there, that this episode, bear with me, is about 9-11. For a 42-minute episode, it's doing an awful lot of work closing out the arcs of Season 2 while setting up Season 3, not just in terms of plot, but the different tone and mindset too. My only complaint is that we did not need three battles with the Klingons in one episode. I know people complain about why the Zindi would alert humanity's presence to the coming attacks by testing their weapon on Earth, but the humans ultimately gain no important information from the test that would lead them to the Zindi, their location, or motive. That all comes from Future Guy. I give it a 9 Kyle. out of 11
1: kyle i don't appreciate your glibness but it does show that you were it does show that you remember it which is the important thing
0: it's true that the zindi that this is all dependent on future guy telling archer everything because they i was i was going to say well kyle's wrong here they head off to the expanse and that but that he's closes it out. i was thinking that before he obviously closed it out with the future guy told them to go look for them Mm -hmm. there so yeah
1: um yeah, thank you. If they, if they if they really wanted to set everything on fire, they should have revealed uh, future guy to be George Bush. <laughs> He's got a cowboy a hat. Dick, Dick Cheney, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, but those are the better days. Those are the good old GOP days. Nick yeah, the Rat says, we, we just had CPAC today, and it's a fucking clown car. <laughs> mm, boy, <laughs> fucking CPAC. Nick the Rat says, things are starting to get good. The Vulcans continue to be liars, and Trip brings raw emotion. He does. They continue. I I appreciate, although it makes no sense, I appreciate maybe the show does this, but I don't understand why they're doing this to the Vulcans. The fact that the Vulcans just continue to not believe that time travel is possible. Yeah, There's no yeah. way that you're going to convince them that this is anything that's nearly possible, ever going to happen. And we didn't talk about that. That scene where the um the Vulcan doctor imposter comes in, he's like he's like yeah. you're not you're not a neurologist, you're a psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, I loved that scene while it was happening, and then when the reveal came, I was like, that is fucking stupid. <laughs> like, it's the yeah, stupidest it's a thing. weird scene. I I like the interplay between Archer and him, though, for mm-hmm. what it was. I I thought he was going to be some kind of um. I'm bringing this up now. I thought he was going to be some kind of sympathetic to time travel Vulcan, who was like, I've been researching time travel. Take me with you because I know all this shit, but he's, he's not. He's there to spy on Archer and
1: get him to say something crazy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Look at these two watches. One of them has a different time on it because it's from the future.
0: <laughs> Scan it with your little scanning device. Tell me how many, how many numbers <laughs> pop up on it. Thank you, Nick. Latte Librarian says, uh, wouldn't a giant slice into Florida fill with water immediately? Does the quantum data thing mean that future guys from 420, hey oh, years in the future? Klingon seems superfluous in this episode since they didn't manage to do anything important. We all knew T'Pol was going to stay on board, but I didn't feel like her choice was justified in the episode, especially since you might get turned into a Vulcan zombie like those things in the video. Three scary space clouds out of five. Mm-hmm. And then
1: what if the that. space cloud was actually galactus from the second fantastic food you ever see that movie i did not where, no <laughs> the silver surfer one where he's there like oh, galactus is coming and then it's like a cloud yes
0: that's right But though they did that for um didn't green lantern do the same thing
1: it was a cloud yeah, green lantern yeah it it, <laughs> it uh is that bad guy green Lantern? no it was uh it was a character uh, creature called parallax that's right parallax Lantern, the fear
0: which, yeah the yellow
1: fear or whatever right which was yeah it's uh, i know this sounds crazy but it's difficult to uh, illustrate fear yes as <laughs> as a visual concept <laughs> although you could, it's like it's like kirk van houten trying to draw dignity in uh, in charades or pictionary
0: yeah galactus not an easy i mean galactus has a representation as a giant dude but also a fairly hard villain to to uh portray in well the, film.
1: the thing is the thing is that was back in the days where they were still gun shy about just going all in on the comic stuff i can't wait to see I, you know galactus is yeah. coming yeah. in the in the mcu version of fantastic four he is on his way and i cannot wait <laughs>
0: <laughs> the expense although um i guess it's galactus this thing that he looks like whatever you can conceive him to be so yeah you can have yeah, like, to like he looks that. like whatever you would expect he looks human he's, because they're humans.
1: He's ve- I yeah. I wish at one point they had done like a, a Ghostbusters thing and then someone turns to Reed Richards and go, "What the hell is that what you thought of?" <laughs> it's like, "I it just popped in there."
0: And he has a Hold on. Golak. He has a he has a funny ass name when he was a, mm. a guy. What the hell was his name? His name was Oh, Galan! It's not nearly as funny, but it's just he was just a guy named Galan, I guess. Which he was
1: it. a guy named Galan. He didn't think Galactus was co- Galan was cool enough. No, he had. So added- when he got to when he got to college, he told everyone his name was Galactus. Yeah,
0: he, he added a cactus to the end of his name, and they're like, "Wow, man, you're fucking sweet as shit." Um, Jose Hunter's EWNF Remixes says, I'm glad they created the concept of quantum dating instead of trying to convince us that radioactive decay dating, like carbon 14, could possibly identify an item from the future. Malcolm is bitchy. The best enter- ep- episode of Enterprise yet a solid four veiny purple betazoid vegetables out of five. Thank you Were you
1: a little surprised that Reed was not more excited to get photon torpedoes? No time,
0: really, right? Like he yeah. should have
1: been more excited. It's almost so
0: unexcited that you don't realize what they are when they're firing them right. off. Yeah. Too, yeah, mu- too to much too much to go
1: on. When they played that scene, it it was like it was like they were both like photon torpedoes. What's next? Laser cannons, you know, like one of those things. Yeah. If I was otherwise I was thinking Reed should be like, Man, I don't like why we're getting these, but I am psyched that we have new bombs to blow well, up. Well, here's a question for you. These photon torpedoes were held by the race
0: in cogenitor. That episode. Did Archer send oh, right. back the cogenitor for some photon weapon tech? Looks like he might have. He might have. He might have, have double crossed that cogenitor and made off with a missile that blew up his enemies
1: on the Klingon Making ship. Making the hard decisions, man. Not, um, Sometimes you gotta sell guns to the Contras, I guess.
0: <laughs> I will say one thing about one thing about Enterprise. I do appreciate that they don't really. The show does have flaws. They do not belabor. Introducing tech, you know, mm. like they, when they brought when they introduced the holodeck, it was the focus of the episode. But it was an Archer constantly going like, "What? This, what do we call this? Let's call it a holodeck yeah. or something like that." And here, photon torpedoes are here. Reed, but as we were saying, Reed barely acknowledges it that it came along.
1: You know, it's 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 not like uh, that episode of Community where the dean gets the VR system, right? <laughs> and he just he's looking at at this rudimentary a, a 3d way to defile yeah to file put documents files and he's like, jesus wept <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what a good show
0: that's what it would be thank you patrons for leaving your thoughts about that one that's the expanse we're done with season two thank you for listening to all of our coverage of season two it feels like it's been 10 years but it's only been about six months but we're done with enterprise season two into season three. We'll be doing a wrap-up in a couple days. I'll keep you posted. Follow us on social media. Patreon.com slash File if you want to support the show as we move into season three. If you've been waiting for a reason, season three is the reason, I think. Clay, what are you going to give this one? To wrap up your final episode of season two of Enterprise on our scale of one to five, what are you going to give this one? Um,
1: I think I'm going to go with a three. Agreed. Three for me as yeah. well. Yeah. Solid. Good, good way to get out. Good way to get in. Um, yeah, I guess it's contrived at the beginning to an extent, but you know, oh well. Yeah, it's you know, um, it's, not, it's not bothering me that
0: much. No, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. It held my attention
1: the entire episode. Sure, yeah. it, it
0: was just, it was a good three. Um, it's just it did feel like it's an awful lot of work for one episode to get through. Uh, they got through it. Better than I would have expected going in. If you told me that four plot lines have to resolve themselves in this one and then kick off a new one, it's uh, the Enterprise is going to botch this. They didn't really do that. Um, it was fine, and I, I am excited to see this show have some kind of narrative spine to it because mm. its biggest failing to this point has been that it is a second-rate Star Trek series that is not doing anything new with itself. It's just repeating versions of older star Trek episodes that were better and it's giving us watered down versions of those episodes. And it's just not really not doing it for me to this point.
1: Yeah. The only thing I'm worried about is that it's going to completely lose that element of they're the first ones out there doing stuff. Yeah. Which is very possible. But I think hold holding your attention, as you said, is probably the highest. Isn't that really the highest, uh, uh, Echelon of of uh, rating you could give, like yeah. you should do. Like instead of <laughs> numbers, you should say how many family members you ignored while watching it. Yeah. So if it's like a three out of four, you know it's a great episode.
0: Just like yeah, I mean, there's I'm sure there's a phone check counter. I should I should track that mm-hmm. stuff and it would it would all add together. But yeah, it was that's it was your fun.
1: that's your star rating is your your phone. You you didn't check your phone as one. And then you've got your three kids and your wife. If it makes you if, if it makes you ignore all of those, you know it was a great episode. It's
0: an all timer. Um, And also, we didn't say it, but we won't see Admiral Forrest for a very long time either because he obviously won't be around in the Expanse. So goodbye, Admiral Forrest. Goodbye, future man. Goodbye, Silic, I would have to assume, although I don't know. Maybe he'll show up, but that would be kind of silly. Anyway, we're moving into the Delphic Expanse. We're pushing through the purple clouds. We'll be there next week with our first episode of this yeah, you, you well maybe we'll do the wrap up. Maybe two weeks. Don't hold me to anything. We'll see. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Patreon.com slash the Penske Valley if you want to support us there. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh
1: we just we just finished, like as I said before, the second Friday the thirteenth movie on our coverage of that on Patreon. And I believe this week is a new Rotten Horror Picture Show. Yes. We're off on badass, so I've kind of lost track of things, but it
0: came out yesterday. Your Rotten Horror, your your new Rotten Horror came out yesterday because this is on Thursday.
1: Oh, okay, yes. So this week we have a dark song mm-hmm. for Rotten Horror Picture Show, which is uh, our next wild card choice. It's a uh, it's a creepy Irish movie about casting a spell and and uh, how intense the consequences of that can be.
0: I'm sure we made the joke before, but the uh, trying to talk in real time about. When podcasts come out, as you're recording for the future, is the Mr. Mm. Show sketch about the the pre-recorded live call show? Yes. <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen that, they should watch. It's a sketch that's almost too intelligent to be funny, but it, it is mm. very funny. Uh, where there a guy is hosting a pre-recorded call-in show, uh, which <laughs> which really doesn't need much of an explanation. Um, Thank you very much. Thank you for listening, guys. Check out the latest Rotten Horror Picture Show. Came out yesterday, penskeefile.com. Otherwise, see you around on YouTube. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you later.